Welcome to Pickle Me This, the officially unofficial podcast for Rick and Morty on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm Aaron. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today we're covering Season 4, Episode 7, Promortius. Here's Aaron with the recap. Rick and Morty have been enslaved by a xenomorphic species with the all-too-familiar wet-egg, face-hugger, wet-egg life cycle. Morty accidentally frees himself and Rick from the parasite's mental domination, and they narrowly escape after laying waste to the facehugger's surprisingly advanced civilization, committing multiple feel-good, fully-justified atrocities along the way. Over breakfast, the two recount their story and remember that they forgot one detail. Summer went with them to Facehugger Planet, and she got left behind. Rick and Morty have to go back to a hostile environment full of parasitic alien life that loathes them specifically as individuals in order to rescue Summer. In the process, they discovered that they were the monsters all along. Again. So they didn't didn't really discover anything. All right, Aaron. It's Promortius. What'd you think about it? It's another... I mean, they're going into a specific cre- uh, critique of a specific science fiction franchise. This is uh, a little bit of Aliens mixed with a little bit of uh, the board commentary they had in... Uh, what was the his ex-girlfriend planet? Oh, Unity? Unity, yeah. Um, and it gave like 10 other different pieces of pop culture commentary, <laughs> yeah. like uh, the... How how porn is being used in our society, uh, you know, biological essentialism uh, as it intersects with politics and how we feel about that, uh, you know, how we feel about national atrocities and too soon. Uh, but it, it it was funny and it ended in, in like one of the all time like ridiculous shitting your pants jokes of, of, of all time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. I like this episode. Um, I know every episode of Rick and Morty is polarizing and divisive in the community. Um, I'm not one of those people. I kind of enjoy most of them. I think there are a few that are, you know, weaker, some that are stronger. Uh, I really liked last week's. I like this week as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I I wasn't in this one looking for like, oh, what's all the commentary they're making? I was just kind of enjoying the jokes when they happened. Um I thought the 9-11 Pearl Harbor joke was particularly choice. Yeah. Uh, and maybe I'm fucked up <laughs> in that way. And, and I, w- I was cringing the same as everybody else when, you know, Rick and Morty or yeah, Steve and Bruce are making out. Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Good stuff. And especially when they you pop it out and, remember, and realize that, okay, Summer knew that that was going around the office, that these guys are an item, but she entire everything that we saw was something that ge- was generated by her mind. Right, right. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, like, sure, you know, you guys ran off and had a passionate love affair, but, you know, did you have to visualize the, the sucking and how hard the sucking was happening and et cetera, et cetera? <laughs> it's pretty good. Plus the whole, I don't know, man, the, the, the toothpick thing being the ultimate defense against a facehugger was, was also fucking hilarious oh yeah all right let's talk about this episode uh one of the things i think is really interesting is to see like again the stuff that i see burble out of like dan on this podcast and stuff make it to the episode and one of these things is like uh uh this this uh who did like this divide between Rick, who espouses the philosophy of a, who the hell even has a porn hub account uh-huh. like porn is where you shamefully go 
you 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 watch something until it fancies your bell your 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 it, it, it tingles your your it rings your bell. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It rings your bell. Yeah, you, you ring the bell until it don't ring no more, and then you shamefully close it and go about your life. Whereas like Morty, like the younger generation, is like, well, actually, you know, if you if you get a Pornhub account, it, it learns your preferences, and then if you got a really cool enough relationship, you can follow each other and check out each other's kinks. Uh-huh. Uh I I feel a little rick on this one. I'm I'm on the other side of this divide, man. Uh, this seems this, this seems like not the appropriate amount of, of of shame to have about one's perfectly normal sexual habits, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I I'm with you. Like I I don't think I should feel the way I feel about it, but I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and you know that's probably just a consequence of growing up with parents who were born in the fucking 40s, <laughs> like literally, yeah. born in the 40s. Is this a sexual equivalent of like going along with some kind of religious uh, observance that pleases your parents? Like if you know you're like I don't really believe in the whole Jew- Jewish thing, but I'll wear the yarmulke around my dad because so he won't like. Is this you know yeah. so- something like we're just kind of like even though we don't believe in the Moors, we've still like adopted them because yeah, I'd- I don't feel I don't know if that metaphor tracks because I don't think my dad checks up on my Pornhub. Uh, action <laughs> i would hope not uh also i don't know if you'd want to be spying in on what rick and morty are doing with their porn accounts because there's some weird shit in this episode man some weird, a lot of hard sucking yeah stuff I, I can't really truck with i mean it, it's, it's not them though and I, there's know, like a, I know there's a whole level of face between them and their actual faces it's very uncomfortable <laughs> though i'll say that yeah, yeah. It's like, what if you, what if there was a sentient condom? Would you actually be fucking the person that you're fucking, or would you be fucking the sentient condom who's fucking the person that you're fucking? Damn, just blew my mind. I, what What are the odds that Rick and Morty explore this before all ten seasons are up? Like one hundred percent. Yeah, that's on the finite curve of space time reality for the show. I think. Absolutely. I think. Uh, we got a credit sequence this show this this uh, week. We didn't last week, and you know sometimes that happens because of the timing of the episode or whatnot. Uh, I didn't notice anything different about it. Um, hmm. Actually, I think that like the Story Lord might have been new, but then it, I might be saying that only because I didn't see Story Lord. I didn't see the credits last week. It's been months since I've seen it, and it just seemed like it was jarring. Yeah, but um, yeah, but also I guess it, I would believe it if. Someone told me that there's a couple of changes because they had a couple of months off. Yeah, I don't know. As a podcaster, I'm usually writing stuff down uh, during the credit sequence, the intro. So I don't really pay much attention to it at all unless I'm mm. specifically doing it. And I didn't think on this occasion, episode seven, that this would be the yeah. time to really, you know, dig my teeth into the intro. Uh, although I got to yeah. say, it's a shame we got to cancel Rick and Morty. It's a shame we got to do it because apparently Rick's not a fan of podcasts. Uh, ah, yeah, it canceled. Rick and Morty canceled. They're boring. <laughs> is that a, is that an indictment of all uh, podcasts? Is that an indictment of these uh, reality, uh, true crime? You know, Sarah Caning maybe getting inappropriately attached to the, the subject of <laughs> of uh, her work kind of thing because that's what it felt like to me. This felt very yeah. someone's idea of what serial season one is and that's all podcasts the, the language is not targeted but yes uh i think you're right i think there's a certain type of podcast he has in mind because i mean dan dan Harmon is a podcaster himself right like that's uh one of the things that he does uh creatively i wouldn't think that he would say podcasts are 
like his own podcast are boring or creatively bankrupt. But no, he'd say that too. He that's, would he, say that, yeah. that's 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 the last year and a half. He loudly said that from the stage every time he he started one. Like this, this shows this yeah. shows bad tonight. You shouldn't have come. Uh, so you know that kind of avant garde style of podcasting. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is like I don't know because. I know that this true crime kind of like reality style podcasting is the most popular. Like it's the thing that burns up all the charts. I've never been much for it. I've listened to, I think, two and a half seasons of Serial and S Town. Mm -hmm. But like that's usually not my my fare. I feel like um, I'm a person who uh, like just doesn't listen to pop culture. You know, they they just listen to doo wop. <laughs> and they're like, I don't understand. The radio's just doesn't have anything for me today. Where's all the doo-wop stations gone? I can only get one in a city if I'm lucky. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I checked out the first season of Serial. I got a little bit into season two, but I was basically in and out on those crime series. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was interesting. There's So one of the things is, uh, you know, Dan bought a Tesla. He's really enamored with Tesla products and, e- and Elon Musk. He's like, uh, like horrified, hmm. fearful, fascinated of the man. Yeah. Uh, I thought there's a little bit of uh, Musk commentary with uh, Morty coming in there and telling everybody that he's canceled the plans for the rocket invasion of Earth. Uh, you know where he like turns into the. Uh, well, I'm sorry. I uh, had you guys do your job for one fucking day. I'm sorry. I'll get in. And Rick comes in and is a whoa, ho, ho, boy. The guy's a genius, but you know at what cost? Huh. <laughs> uh, I thought maybe there's a little commentary there. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't picking up on it. I I, I try not uh. to follow Elon Musk very closely. I like the things he's doing. I'm not sure I like the things he's saying or the things that he does in his personal life. So yeah, I try not to. I try to ignore those for the most part. <laughs> Well, you're a Tesla guy too. I can't trust. I, I need. Yeah. I need. Uh, I need to get a non a non compromised host. You've got the face. I can see the face hugger right on you. Oh yeah. Um. I, there's also. Uh. I really like the idea that Rick in this environment, his host, would have this kind of Alex Jones type conspiracy YouTube site about. You know, like, look, the biological differences between us and the host are, are are obvious. Like, they're designed to carry our eggs, and that's the way it should be. That's the all this this biological essentialism that you see in so many really regressive arguments. Like, this is why women should be dominated by men. This is why other races should be dominated by blacks because it's just look at the biology. You know, it's it's. Uh, uh, you've you've got a you've got a square peg and you've got a, a triangle hole. It's just not going to work. Uh. I thought it's pretty funny to see everyone's reactions to Rick and Morty palling around like the guy coming up to him and it's like, I'm surprised to see you together because your videos make me sick. Fix him. Uh-huh. Like, I thought that was pretty fucking funny. Yeah. And it's, it's tough sometimes in this episode to remember that this is not Rick and Morty necessarily, you know, like right. you mentioned with the, the porn stuff and the, the you know, grand, grandfather, grandson incest, uh, mm-hmm. d- underage incest shit. Yeah. Like, it's not Rick and Morty doing this stuff, right? Like Morty is probably a little dumber than this, and Rick is a lot smarter than this, uh, and certainly more nihilistic than any kind of like YouTube host uh, trying to tell you how life is. He doesn't give mm-hmm. a shit about that. He doesn't want to tell you anything. He wants to do his right. own thing. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah, I, I kept like looking at this and going, man, that doesn't seem like Rick. Oh wait, it's not Rick. 
But I wonder because one of the things in um, like xenomorph lore is that uh, they take a little bit of the DNA from their host species. So like you know you've got oh. dog versions of alien, predator versions of alien, yeah. human ver- hybrid versions of alien. Uh, is there a little bit of like cross species consciousness contamination there, well, which I guess brings all the squick right back on the table? Right, right. Which I don't want. <laughs> I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, if they would have shit out an egg, that egg uh-huh. would have definitely had some of their qualities, whatever hatches from that thing. But as as it is, it's all facehugger, man. Gotcha, gotcha. There's a lot of like pop culture references here. Uh, they specifically uh, call out Star Wars. Uh huh. And then they had that sweet, you know, we finally find out what that, that blister in the bottom of Rick's uh, uh, wagon does. It's it's a quad cannon, just like off the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Um, but then terracing through that city with that big heavy thing behind them, I thought had to be at least partially inspired by the Fast and Furious 5 bank vault stealing scene. All right. Where, you know, Dom's dragging that thing like a wrecking ball through downtown. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite Fast and Furious scenes, period. And the pacing of them leading up to their like tasteful decision not to do a nine eleven, <laughs> where they're just rampaging through the city talking about like oh you know it's like morally justified these are repugnant parasite creatures, and then you see the twin towers and it's just like it's just there yeah and it's just there and then they fly towards it and kind of go around it, <laughs> and I was thinking like man I wonder I know how I feel about it you know, with 20 years distance between me and whatnot. But like, I was thinking like, how will people react? And then they do the Pearl Harbor and I'm like, okay, yeah, that's probably for this, this audience, that's probably, you know, squaring a circle pretty ni- nicely. Oh, I, I mean, we're so far removed from Pearl Harbor. Like I'm not even 40 years old. So like, it's, mm-hmm. not, it's not even a distant memory for me, whereas 9-11 definitely right. is. Like, I could tell you where right. I was. I could tell you how I was feeling when it happened. Um, mm. And and there are certainly even people with far more personal connections than me. I I was in Indianapolis watching on a TV screen, right? Sure, I wasn't, sure, sure. you know, two blocks away watching a dust cloud come at me. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, many, many people I think would be pissed off about the 9-11 thing. Not many people are going to be pissed off about Pearl Harbor. And you juxtapose it, and it's just like it's it's uh it's a perfect little it's the perfect base to the alkaline there. I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they also uh, I like the fact that they did this thing where, and this is like I feel like the Royland part taking over the episode where you know they realize they go back um and they find out they've lost Summer, so they go back to the planet. And they land, and immediately the first someone says, "You guys are the worst thing that ever happened to us." And Rick's like, oh. "But, but as they're landing here, they're, Morty's he's explaining to Morty's like why this is a bad idea because like you know why do you think you know we could we could have like five different plot lines on the Purge planet and it'd be amazing. Why do you think we never go back to these places? Because I don't do sequels. And then they essentially do Purge Planet sequel with uh-huh. like the flim, flimsiest of plot justifications, the overly complex robotic transportation, and they got the fucking Voltron swords. I believe that's uh, what we call a lampshade. <laughs> a giant yeah. planet-shaped lampshade. But like, it's also kind of like, they did it just to prove a point where it's like, everyone's like, man, I want them to go back to some planet and just fucking kick a bunch of mindless ass because like, you know, 30 seconds into it, it becomes it becomes way tired faster than it did in the purge planet. Mm-hmm. And then the characters are even making comments like, Oh God, my arms getting so tired from swinging. This is like, I sometimes I wonder if this isn't like the equivalent of, uh, 
you know those old timey shows where like the parent finds out their kid is thinking of smoking, so they make him smoke a whole pack of cigarettes and get sick. Uh-huh. Oh, you want to smoke, do you? Well, fucking overdose on this product, and that'll learn you. Do you think that they're this is the equivalent of making people paying pay, uh, pining for the Purge Planet to smoke an entire six pack or? Wait, <laughs> smoke, <laughs> smoke an pack. entire pack, six pack of cigarettes. What they come in, right? Six. That's one of my favorite King of the Hill episodes for sure. Um, <laughs> where you know Hank makes Bobby smoke a, a whole carton of cigarettes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Th- I mean, that's definitely within the spirit of the creators of this show. I think, like you, you know, you you think you want this? Okay, well, we're gonna give it to you by the truckload, and then we're gonna see how much you want it. Uh. I don't think, especially, you know, given that the deals are inked and everybody's getting paid for seven seasons of this thing, no matter what happens, mm-hmm. I could see them uh, self-sabotaging is probably a little harsh, but just like <laughs> having their own fun. You know, if the audience is going to have yeah. fun with our jokes, we're going to have some fucking fun with our audience. Yeah. And they're they're certainly not above that. And they've done it before. They'll do it again. Yeah. And that's the thing is like uh, they made this is. There's a lot of self-conscious writing in this season, yeah. like saying things like, oh, you know, we don't, shouldn't sweat the details too much. We should just be loose and have fun and et cetera, et cetera. And I wonder, like, and that's kind of funny, like that meta stuff is funny. Do you think it also, um, if this show like loses half a step, uh, it's going to come back to haunt them because that's just essentially giving the critics the ammunition? Or they, or as you say, they might not care. They have seven seasons no matter what the hell happens. They've <laughs> right. been paid. You know, if you guys want to be shits about it, then fuck you. We'll take our Rick and Morty and go home. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I, I will say I'm not sensing as much kind of crazy fun from, especially the character of Rick. And I know Rick's, you know, been through a lot. He's starting mm-hmm. to change a little bit. But, man, I remember some of the the older episodes where he would just let loose, you know, and not in not in this violent way. Like, th- this is the thing. Like, yeah, Rick gets violent, and Rick doesn't care about killing people because they're less than he is uh, in his own mind. And also none of this matters anyway. He's a true nihilist. Um, but the, the violence is his release in this episode. He, he makes that explicit. Like when they're killing people, mm-hmm. he's like, Oh man, I haven't, it's been so long since I let loose like this. I'm sorry. I was taking it out on you. And yeah, they and have his a healthy response, psychological conversation in the middle of this. Yeah. But his response to not being able to commit atrocities is to emotionally abuse people around him. Like that's that's the thing that was so shocking to me is like there is no yin and yang here. It's all yang uh all the time. And I, I wish there was a little more of that yin where he's, you know, just goes and gets drunk at a party and, and fucks around and has fun. Or like I don't know, maybe maybe I'm not remembering points earlier in the season, the first half of the season where he did that, but I haven't seen no, it yet I mean, from there- this season. There are ways that you can he can cut loose. Like uh, I th- I really liked the, when he went against the Heistotron or whatever it is, and it's essentially it was like five minutes of I know you are, but what am I? Uh, or I meant you to do that. Or I, I but thought that, that felt was like pretty vindictive in a way, right? Like I'm gonna prove that I'm better than you, kind of thing. Mm. Just so you're talking about just like the part, like a house party, whole house party kind yeah, of. Yeah, like Rick likes to have fun. You know, he's very yeah. fucking serious when he's doing his science thing, but when he has fun, he has a ton of fun. You're right. I wonder a bit like uh, so they just need to find ways to generate B plots because like, you know, the the house parties where one of the B plots is Morty goes to get a crystal that'll bring him back to the, the reality. But it's actually just space meth. <laughs> uh-huh. Like you fool Morty once. Shame on Morty. You fool him twice. 
okay, that's kind of funny too. Fool him three times, audience gets impatient and bored. Fair. So plus they're also trying to make genuine progress with Rick. Yeah. Uh, you know, like this slippery kind of slope progress where it's like you scramble up a step or two and then you roll back three or four. Um, it is, yeah. And like, how how are they going to continue to to do that and do that well? Um, you, you mentioned getting uh kind of squicked out at the idea of the grandson and the grandfather sucking face. Uh, I gotta say, the meta idea of Justin performing this all in the sound booth <laughs> is just cracks cracks me up I, and i wonder like did he do did he do all of one side and then they play it back to him and he plays off that or does he literally just fast swap between the two characters are there two characters in that scene i don't even know like it feels like there's one character and it's the character who wants to suck <laughs> like it's because glorzo that's the uh-huh. glorzo's not peace glorzo is just face fucking yeah yeah I don't know. It didn't seem much of a distinction between Steve and Bruce in that scene. Uh, another another kind of um, old school Harmontown reference is, I think at least this is what this is, the harmonica. That's got to be go back to the brown note. <laughs> okay. Right? Like, that makes a certain amount of sense. I hadn't thought about that it you, yet. Did, did you can play a certain amount of note that just makes people shit their pants mm-hmm. and... In this uh, case, die. You, yeah, in this case, I mean they're they're shitting their pants so hard that it rips them in half and and they die. Um, oh shit, was there any tie? Was there like a harmonica playing in the Alzheimer's commercial on the ba- on the intergalactic cable? Because like I'm wondering, like what was the trigger for the the <laughs> the fillet I do uh, do shit that they had at the end of the episode? Uh, that's a good question. I just that scene, man. It's great. Like it's so fucking funny. Like Beth walks in and's like, "Say goodbye to your little boy. He's gonna die." And and they start like, "Get on the floor." They take their pants down. Rick. Why? If you think you're going to explode, do you take your pants down? This is a well. This is a trademark Rick move, right? You remember uh, the Vindicators episode where Rick shits mm-hmm. the room? Sure, yeah. He's in the yeah. same position, right? Just face down, ass up, <laughs> just shitting into the wind. <laughs> Yeah, there's no it's not a defensive shitting. It's a projecting. Yeah, he he assumes the shitting position. You want to you want to leave your mark on your surroundings <laughs> if you're Rick apparently and you're going out. You're going this out on a brown note. <laughs> this is his magnum opus. Uh god, I miss international cable so much. This Alzheimer's commercial crack. I mean, yeah. look, I my grandfather died late stage Alzheimer's. It's it's a fucking shitty disease. It sucks. But that's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> An Alzheimer's commercial that starts, do you suffer from Alzheimer's? Do you suffer from Alzheimer's? It's, I, I thought it's, it's a funny joke. And that's, uh, so in that scene where they're shitting themselves to death, potentially, uh, mm-hmm. Rick says, like, this is coming full circle. I, and I, I was trying to figure out what he meant by that. And I, I remember, like, the pilot was the seeds episode, right? Where, where Meg- he had yeah, those the seeds stuff seeds. way up his ass. Yeah, at anal canals, young and supple. I, I guess that's the connection there. They were. I, you said the, before the podcast, the anal distress was the connection. Yeah, they they were they were united in their first adventure by by the themes of anal distress, and now. But there's also maybe the fact that Morty was like lying convulsing on the ground. Okay, when he uh, broke his legs and yeah. Well, no, just that was like the mega seeds uh, uh, delayed. Um, Side effect oh, right. was that you have like uncontrollable neuro, and I can't remember. Maybe shitting yourself was part of those side effects that that Rick was was uh, 
listing off, but uh, yeah, no. so it's, oh, it's come full circle, or it could be that just like I don't know that they, I, I, yeah, I'm not sure when Rick breaks the fourth wall how much it makes sense sometimes because like also it could just mean that like hey we met rick and morty rick and morty were born in front of our eyes and now they're gonna die in front of our eyes sure uh still i don't know how that fits fits on Harmon's uh story circle i'm looking for the lesser and greater fulfillment <laughs> yeah yeah you gotta type an anti-type um what do you i what do you think of the stinger sequence because it led to an interesting conversation with my wife and i okay uh I, I mean, there wasn't much to think about it. I, I, I kind of want to talk about it with, uh, like, pairing it up with the other Jerry scene. Okay. Yeah. 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 With the, the Jerry being a beekeeper and no one even giving close to a fuck about it. Yeah. No. No one gives a shit about it. Um. Jerry is just there now because you know he needs to be a part of this family. Um. Mm-hmm. Eating honey on his pancakes because. That actually is probably pretty good. That's the thing. He looks so self-satisfied too. Like I'm, yeah. I'm sort of happy for Jerry that he's got a thing now, even though I'm sure it's short-lived, and I'm sure it's he's... a big operation. You can make a lot of money at it. I, that's it's true. I I don't think beekeeping is something to be laughed at, um, and scoffed. But apparently plus season five is. murder hornets. Like, what's oh. Rick going to do about the murder hornets? Are they setting up murder hornets? Is that what's happening? I mean, here? we already had murder or- hornets earlier in this season. Yeah, you know, true. they had the the Rick and Morty hornets. Uh-huh. Like that that would be an interesting. Which what side do you take? Yeah. Uh, so I I don't know what to say about her wanting to Tr- Trisha wanted to fuck Jerry. That's. Have you ever had a friend express a desire to fuck either of your parents before? I don't think so. Have you? That no, that's okay. that's <laughs> okay. that's what I'm saying. Like I'm, I was like trying to like. This seems like a very specific thing, but also like you know everything that happens in Rick and Morty is relatable. So when I find something that's not relatable, I think who is the person that's supposed to be this related? Now it could be. I feel feel like my parents were like you know by the time uh you know I was in my adolescence, they were in their mid forties, uh, solidly middle aged, uh, Midwestern Americans like they're. Their 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 best days are behind them. Let's put it that way. Yeah, dude. When I turned eighteen, my dad was sixty years old. So yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like the the idea that anyone's going to climb either of those poles or either of those trees are are my my family one uh, didn't yeah. didn't. But I asked I asked my uh, my wife and she immediately she, I'm like, is this like is this like so is this like just something got? And I was also thinking like, well, maybe if I maybe if I had a hot mom, like a, one of my friends would say something. But I'm like, I I can't even conceive that. Yeah, it's such a transgression. And I ask her about like, is this something that's like more of a girl thing? And she's like, I don't know about parents, but like I had tons of friends wanting to fuck my older brother hmm. because Cecily's you know, older brother is a very good looking guy, played guitar. Oh, well, there you uh, go. Yeah you know, a little bit of an artist and she's like, and I'm like, so which point, well, at what point in the conversation does Summer realize that like her friend wants to fuck her dad? She's like, the second she started talking about him. Right. And she, we had this like, cause I guess like, yeah, she's like, Cecily's like, oh really? You want to come over and spend the night? Do you Cindy? Uh-huh. Huh? Oh, you need to go down to the kitchen, and get a snack. Cause you heard my brother hit the microwave. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is like a slick game. The girls run on, uh, to to try to scam older older brothers and dads. I mean, I don't know. they didn't make the movie American Beauty for nothing. <laughs> well, that's 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 uh, that's uh, yeah. That, that, that now you're talking about adult reciprocation of the fucked up fantasy. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, you, you anyway. think Jerry wouldn't? You think Jerry wouldn't? Are um, are we ready to add pedophile to the list of <laughs> oh, his yeah. many fucking sins? I, just because oh, we haven't seen it doesn't mean it's not true. 
Is he? I just want to say he's more. I, 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 uh, no, I, no, I'm ready. No, he's keeping his bees. <laughs> he's keeping his bees. He's going to have, he's going to be the one that saves us in the murder hornets. He's going to turn it all around next season. Mm-hmm. I just, I let know. me tell you, he's going to get the stinger out. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> God, no, I don't need Jerry with an ovipositor. Thank you very much. Uh, do you have anything else you want to discuss or should we get the feedback? Uh, let's give the feedback. I'm good. You can send us an interdimensional uh, cable transmission. It's just got to tune into the frequency, Rick and Morty at baldmove.com. Uh, a couple of your forebears have done so, and here is their feedback. Andrew says, great show. Glad to hear you're back, especially during the pandemic. Well, thank you, Andrew. We're glad to be here. Now that Justin Roiland is on record saying that the never-ricking story has basically interdimensional cable or Morty's mind blowers for this year, do you think that they will use some of those characters going forward, or was this a big get-off-our-back about overreaching overarching characters in canon uh i'd like to see more of evil morty snowball and tammy i just hope we get to see more of them going forward what's your take on that do you think that this is them closing the door on continuity or is this them just like getting us all hot and bothered for continuity hmm i don't think they could totally close the door on it like they've they've set up stuff and they gotta knock it down eventually it's just yeah. uh, it's kind of them saying like don't be so thirsty for it. Like let's yeah. let's just keep it keep it in your mind, know it'll come back and just enjoy it when it does. Not not tell me that every single episode I make is garbage because it's not what you want. Yeah. It's like when you share your Pornhub account with your partner, it's like sexy every once in a while to see what comes up on their timeline, but if they haven't jerked off for a week, it's kind of creepy to be like, "Hey, well, well, why aren't you using Pornhub? Aren't, <laughs> right. Can you use Pornhub more? I need you to use a log into Pornhub right now." Like that that crosses the line. I I do I do think that like it seems from everything they've said publicly and on like the um commentary tracks that they like the lore themselves they like to explore yeah. evil morty and you know tammy and bird person and all that kind of stuff it's just like feels like they find that stuff more organically um and and they would prefer to wait for like the idea that really cracks everyone up or really drops everyone's jaws than like the first like you know i'm sure they could come up with a, a million evil morty plots it would be pretty good mm-hmm. But they want to find the, you know, they want to take it to the next level. They want a citadel of, you know, the the tale of the citadel of Rick's kind of adventure um, where it's about evil Morty, but it's not even about evil Morty. Yeah. Isn't that ultimately what you want? Like nobody's mind is blown by a week after week uh, story like that. You want something special. You want something that you can, you know, point to and say, oh, look, that's one of the most amazing Rick and Morty episodes yeah, but you can't do that if if every episode is that. Yeah, you don't want Rick and Morty fan fiction like like Justin and Dan could absolutely write Rick and Morty fan fiction, and a lot of people would like it, but it wouldn't be as good. Yeah. So I'm content to wait. Have you seen um, Roiland's new show? Uh, Solar Opposites is that? Yeah. The one? No. Yeah. I, I want to. I'm kind of interested. I'm. I'm. One of the reasons I haven't checked it out is I'm a little concerned that you know he's going to find this as a creative outlet because now that uh, Rick and Morty has you know stabilized and matured that he'll uh, he'll get bored of the project and uh, you know he'll have a a a better outlet for his crazy creative zaniness and like man Rick and Morty would potentially be fatally damaged if if too much of that energy got diverted. I think so. Yeah, I, I enjoy what Justin brings to the show quite a bit. Yeah, 
So I gotta guess. I gotta see. I gotta see Solar Opposites to see how much Rick and Morty energy they're bleeding off there. Yeah. Just I hear like zany sci-fi fantasy cartoon, and I'm like, oh god, oh god. Can he? Can he? Can he do both? Uh, Jared H. Hey guys, thanks for coming back to the coverage. I was kind of over at Rick and Morty at the end of the last year, but a few things changed, and I care now. Rick and Morty made me care more. <laughs> I'm writing to offer a different take on the portal guns and navigating infinite realities that you'll recall that we had based on feedback last episode. Staking out his territory here, Jared says, I don't think it's as impossible to wrangle infinity as you guys discussed. Hmm. All right. Hmm. Let's take it as a given that the realities would actually be infinite versus just lots and lots, which I think is debatable. But given the but even given infinite realities, you could split these up into a finite number of chunks that you actually care about. Granted, each of these chunks would still be infinite. That's a lot to grant. <laughs> I mean, I think you just hmm. okay. I think you've just given up the whole game, Jared. But, but let's 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 continue to explore. Okay, you might have a chunk tagged "Rick is alive" and another with "Morty is alive" and so on and so forth. The point is, as long as the categories are limited to things that humans care to differentiate, they are finite. So now I can index into a chunk of infinite realities that match all parameters I care about. For example, Siri, give me any reality where I'm alive and have a formula for COVID-19 vaccine balled up in my underwear drawer. Siri could offer me an infinite matches to those universes, but who cares? Just give me one of them. I can't differentiate them by definition. Uh, so the queries obviously would not be so simple. They'd be loaded with boilerplate assumptions like Earth has a breathable atmosphere, bacon exists, Trump's not president, et cetera, et cetera. There are a lot of parameters you would want to include every time so that once you got a result matching all parameters, you wouldn't really care which of the infinite matches you got back. That's my headcanon for the central finite curve. It's the chunks of realities that a portal gun user can actually differentiate by. Um, okay. I mean, I, I see what you're going for. And I think yeah. you're you're about as right as you can be on this. Like, if you don't yeah. care which of those universes you get, as long as it has the one defining quality that you're selecting for, then mm -hmm. yes, I would think it would be manageable. I wonder if Rick's swap, like, fil if, if this is true, like, do Rick swap filter settings, like some kind of recipe? Like, oh, man, here's the one where I found the universal consonant that makes redhead sexually permissive. Yeah. You know, uh, did they add that kind of stuff into it? Because it's, the problem is, is like, I actually like this theory because there's so many fucking monkey paw type possibilities you can bury into the whole like, well, I don't I can't differentiate them by definition. Like there is so much fucking shit like better, uh, you know, better eliminate all the realities where the atmosphere is breathable, but it's full of like those fucking irritating hairs tarantulas give off their ass and you're just full time in respiratory respiratory distress or right. the one where you know your dick goes inwards instead of outwards or it's like you know that's like so I'm saying that's that's how the genies and the monkey paws fuck you man absolutely and if it works like this way I want to see Rick and Morty get fucked by the monkey's paw maybe literally yeah I, I guess there have to be like a base set of filters that never get turned off right because like like you said, you don't want the universe where you can't survive. You don't want the universe where uh, the atmosphere is full of toxic hairs. You don't want the universe where the atmosphere is full of shit that you don't even know about. Like, that's the problem, I guess, right. is the, the infinite variables uh, are, are yeah, unknown unknowns. You just, you don't know that you don't, you don't know that you want to pre-select for these things and they could end up killing you. It's a, it's an incredible game of Russian roulette, I guess, every time they load up this portal gun.
It also gives the AI of the portal a lot of power. I wonder, oh, that would be something interesting to explore. Like how much, like, is there a shadow cabal of all of Rick's artificially intelligent <laughs> devices yeah. that are secretly plotting? Like, is the car, the teleport gun, and like the interdimensional cable de- uh, descrambler all conspiring to kill him at some point? Right. Because if they could, like, the car's already the master of untold realities just in its fucking battery. Uh-huh. You know, it's it's got potential evil overlord capabilities here. Absolutely. Like, what kind of... What kind of fucked up Asimov th- th- rules set has he got running to keep that from happening? There's more than three of them. I can tell you that. There's yeah. There's got to be. There's got to be. Uh, Andrew or I'm sorry, Jared wraps up with saying during the discussion last week, my mind went to the Library of Babel. If you're not familiar, it's a bizarre concept or thought exercise worth checking out. It's a, essentially a collection of all possible combination of letters meaning that it contains all possible thoughts and conversations of anyone who has ever lived as much as well as a lot of other stuff. I relate this to the portal gun problem because it's a really big collection that can't be solved with traditional storage and index approach. You need to be able to consistently address into content that is too big to store. That is interesting. Hmm. Like I know that there's a lot of like AI programs now that are doing like, uh, have you seen God this has been going around the last week or two, the, uh, um, the machine learning memes, where they'll take yeah. like the internet meme the, the famous internet meme formats and just like randomize them and combine them and sometimes they're like super fucking funny but i guess it's kind of like the um the works of shakespeare you know like if you have infinite monkeys typing on yeah. infinite keyboards you eventually get them um i've heard some experiments that work like this where they do like random combinations and they have like one process that just shits out gibberish yep and another process that goes and finds things that actually have stuff that look like they have syntax and grammar and kick it up to another process that then decides, okay, does this fit the parameters of literature? So that way you kind of like you have this big crap generation and then you have different finite selection systems that and maybe I maybe that's what all running on the portal gun too. This is like an analog of the uh, publishing industry, right? You got a whole bunch of authors just banging away at keyboards and you got an editor. Yeah. And then you got the publisher. Uh, yeah, and then the buying public. They're all like sifting out the crap from the usable yeah. stuff. There's actually a really cool project that I became aware of about a year ago um, where somebody, it, this was kind of a response um, and a project meant to point out the stupidity of copyright law uh, when it comes especially to music, where what they did is they took every single note you can play um, within... <laughs> an octave or or a scale a particular scale Uh and they went through and they made every possible melody you could ever make and Mm -hmm. they they submitted every single one to the copyright uh company or whatever the fuck it is you know yeah uh, yeah, yeah. copyright Copyright office or the copyright agency yeah yeah uh and so now they technically own the copyright on every single melody that you could ever create and what the fuck does that do to copyright what so do you, did you follow that because i i saw that as a stunt did that actually did they get all those approved how could they or? not how could they not that's that's the thing <laughs> like if you want to say that you can copyright music and a melody yeah you have to grant that these people yeah. own the copyrights on those i mean if you want a serious answer like i found that systems are surprisingly resilient to uh <laughs> you know attacks from logic like if they can just simply say well we're not going to allow that because if we did it would destroy our industry and then <laughs> all right so what does he have to do I does guess. he have to go and play each melody on a guitar and submit this as a song 
Yeah, as a public performance, he just he he needs to hook it up to like a robot that will play the instrument on YouTube in some kind of eternal twenty four hour concert, and as they are performed publicly, they they then yeah. are copyrighted. Yeah, I mean it would be. It's yeah. It's just, I mean it that's that's the, the thing is like of the whole system. Right. Right. Yeah. No. I. I mean, and I don't think I think everyone acknowledges you need to have some stupidity. Like if yeah. you don't have some kind of primacy and reward on the generation of new and novel ideas, then why would anyone mm-hmm. think up anything? I understand there's a whole other school of political thought that that deals with that, but uh, you know, under under our our way of organizing a society and an economy, like why would you do any work if you're not going to get paid for it, right? But right. like, what we've got now, it seems like it's way too far in the other direction. What is it like, creator plus? A million years yeah 65 lifetimes i don't even know what it is right. it's too much right yeah yeah the heat death of the universe plus <laughs> plus uh <laughs> plank time right uh that that's uh th- th- thanks for that uh thought-provoking uh thought experiment jared uh we'll be back next week with another episode of uh, uh, probably another mind-blowing episode of rick and morty if you'd like to send us feedback of course you can do so rick and morty at baldmove.com thanks for having fun with us this week we'll see you next time until then i'm aaron and i'm jim Later. Pickle Me This is distributed and produced by Bald Move. All music featured on this podcast is from the Rick and Morty soundtrack, available from Sub Pop Records. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To discover the many other great shows we do, please check out baldmove.com. If you appreciate what we do and want to directly support us, consider joining our club at club.baldmove.com to get access to exclusive bonus audio and video features. Finally, you can follow us on your favorite social media at Bald Move. See you next time.